How would you describe what you're showing me? Okay, so we're looking at a one rack unit, which means about one and a half inch high by about 19 inches long device that has some knobs and buttons and a little gooseneck mic on it. We can talk into this microphone or we can plug a headset in. And we have a couple of buttons here because this is a two-channel system. We Welcome to Comscast, life in full duplex, a podcast by ClearCom. I'm your host, Emily Shaw. And where are we right now? We're in Alameda, California, uh, right next to the lovely downtown Oakland in the San Francisco Bay Area. ClearCom is a performance intercom company celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. In episode one, we took a look back at how the company went from a couple rock and roll nerds soldering bell packs in a frying pan to an international company with customers like Broadway, the Olympics, NASA, Google, and more. Here in episode two, we're gonna get to know the ClearCom product and business model a little bit more. Specifically, we're going to explore how it could possibly make business sense to sell a product that lasts for decades, is virtually 50 years reverse compatible, and works with competitors' products. We're also going to get a sneak peek at what's to come in the next 50 years. Stay tuned. So right now we're in the ClearCom College, and this is where we do training and we can show off some of our gear. The college is a room at the Alameda headquarters that's filled with lots of different types of ClearCom equipment. Rom Rosenblum is an applications engineer, and he's showing me around. Now when I turn that on, when I push the talk, now you'll hear it over there. One, okay. two, check, 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 check. That's... When I push that button, it makes that little bitty bitty sound and a light flashes, and anybody who's on that channel becomes aware that we're trying to reach them. Okay, so what are we looking at here? I see a giant, it's like, what, about seven feet tall? Yeah, so now we're looking at a big rack of gear, and the star of the show happens to be one of our large frame matrixes. That other panel doesn't even know my panel exists, but the matrix knows that both of them exist, so when I push this button, it's automatically going to open up a pathway on that other panel. Now you'll hear me there on that other channel. The systems are pretty complex, but one simple way to think about the product is in terms of the workflows that people are using it for. Here's Simon Brown, ClearCom's VP of Product Management. ClearCom sells solutions to two very specific workflows. One is what we call the party line workflow, where pretty much everybody's on the channel, or potentially one or two or three channels, uh, where everybody talks and everybody listens to each other as a sort of a conference or a party line. So, quick reminder from episode one. The original technology that Charlie Button invented in the 1960s was a party line system. It was first used at rock and roll shows so that everyone on the crew could communicate with each other, even with the increasingly loud music that was playing. The other workflow is matrix-based, and this is where people have an opportunity to select, selectively talk to people. They can they have a number of keys in front of them, and they can talk individually to people, or again to party lines, if you like, or to groups of people. So it's much more selective and therefore more configurable, but it's, it suits a more hierarchical operation. Back in the college, Ram does a pretty nice job of illustrating how a matrix system can allow for more complex kinds of communication. I could have a private conversation with the operator in that particular panel, 
and no one else would hear us. And I could talk about how terrible the crew is. But then I could get on the party line and say, you guys are doing such a wonderful job today. I, I, I love these guys. And so this enables me to you know, keep my job because I'm not going to get the crew upset with the fact that I've been honest today. <laughs> so very broadly speaking, ClearCom makes party line products and matrix products and interfaces that connect the two. And where do people in different places need to be able to communicate with each other and be heard in real time? We're doing it for people in small a local theatre, we're doing it for music events, we're doing it for corporate events, we're doing it for small broadcasts, we're doing it for churches, we're doing it for campus broadcasters, and we're doing it for people who design rockets, we're doing it for people who want to launch rockets, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. A couple other uses Simon didn't mention. How about military and aerospace? pick apart junkyards, catheterization labs where a doctor's cleaning plaque out of someone's blood vessels, or in ships where people are coordinating work like laying cable or even capping an oil spill. The list really does go on and on. So how is this possible? Here's Bob Boster, the president of ClearCom. An important thing to understand is that almost all of our customers use more than one of our product families or product systems together. Commonly, people want to address a category of different kinds of communication needs altogether, even if they might be on different platforms. Basically, one customer could have some components that are wired, some that are wireless, and some running over IP. There could also be a mix of party line and matrix systems. And it's important that the different pieces can be combined in different ways because every setup is different, not only between different industries and environments, but also within them. For example, you could look at 20 different theaters and find out that they set up their systems in 20 different ways. Here's Bob again. We are a group of people. We like those challenges. Somebody calls us up and says, well, I need to do something like this. And I'm like, okay, wait, let me get a piece of paper. Okay, I'm drawing a box here. What do I label that? And this is a very common scenario where we're talking through inventing a whole new way for people to do something from a communication standpoint in real time as somebody's talking to us over the phone to walk us through what their challenges are. Okay. So let's dig a little bit into who these customers are and what this industry is in general. Like, how do people think about buying an intercom system? Intercom is not sexy, right? It's required. It's needed. You absolutely need the thing to operate. But nobody ever got a promotion for putting in a better intercom system. But they sure as heck got fired if the intercom wasn't there when they needed it when something happened. It's definitely a necessity, but usually not one that people get that excited about. Still, there's a certain kind of mindset. The people who really make decisions about what intercom to put in are people like us who are like problem-solving kinds of technical people. Like they have an issue, people need to talk to each other in category A or B, they don't have so much money to do it with, they need to reuse some stuff where possible. Those people are like us. They're just trying to solve the problem in the most reasonable possible way. Our idea has been to give that person choices so that that person can choose to use our equipment as part of their solution. 
one thing that's important to understand is that even though these products are used in a lot of different contexts, the market that ClearCom serves is actually pretty niche. Remember, what defines performance intercom is simply that multiple people are communicating in real time in order to accomplish a task. And the stakes can be really high. I mean, you can imagine what might happen if the communication goes out during a rocket launch or heart surgery or when giant pieces of stage equipment are being moved around during a Broadway show. Here's Ram. Comms is to audio like blood is to the body. You know, you don't think about the blood, but once it all leaks out and you're just sitting in a puddle on the floor, then nothing works anymore. And when this doesn't work, the show does not go on, even though it must, but it doesn't. At the same time, this is not a consumer-facing industry. So there are a few things that we're used to with consumer products that just don't make sense with Intercom. One example is designed obsolescence. This is when a company intentionally designs their products so that they can only be used for a limited time. We see this with things like cell phones, where we expect that we'll need to replace them after just a few years. Another example is when, say, a laptop has brand-specific plugs and ports that change as new models are released over time. These limitations mean that customers need to buy more stuff more frequently. And there's often a pressure to buy that stuff from one particular brand. Here's Bob again. So ClearCom is definitely um, unique, or at least unusual, in that we, we build products to last for a very long time, and we are still backwards compatible with any of our products that can be. Now, that's not true with literally every possible thing, because maybe the radio frequency changes that we are required to operate a wireless system in or something like that. But on, the, on our wired traditional analog party line business, which is where we started 50 years ago, those products are still compatible with our existing products in that same product family now. There are very few things you can say that about in life that are 50 years backwards compatible. And we design in a way where we try to be able to facilitate that kind of length of investment opportunity. So when somebody's designing a new system or a new need for their system, we try to design the possibility of them reusing as much of their existing infrastructure as they can and then just bolting on the other pieces that they need to add in as opposed to Okay, throw this whole thing out. We're going to start all over again from scratch. And that existing infrastructure Bob's referring to could be ClearCom products or competitors, or it can include some of both. Having this kind of flexibility makes it easier to sell equipment, not harder, because customers are simply looking for the most practical and cost-effective solution they can find. It goes from zero to... The highest setting would be something 100 mega ohm. Okay. You can also get a sense of this long-term perspective from the work that's done at the repair room at ClearCom HQ. What's going on here? Well, this is my workstation for the repairs that I do. Great. And um, would you mind introducing yourself? I'm Mark Dozier, a repair technician. Like a lot of folks here, Mark has been working at ClearCom for a long time. In his case, 20 years. And it's not uncommon for him to repair equipment that's been running even longer than that. And then what's this here? You point to this? Yeah, yeah. That's a, an old-fashioned, old-style ClearCom party line station. One of the first ones. Mm -hmm. Maybe the next generation would be PL Pro, which mm -hmm. is what I'm working on right now. So what's going on here? 
Well, these are source assignment panels. I am pairing them both together to make sure that they can electronically combine as one large source assignment panel, which is what they're designed to do. Mm -hmm. And so far it's working. So this might all sound counterintuitive, right? That a company could survive for 50 years with this business model that doesn't require people to frequently replace equipment. But ClearCom continues to grow by selling products that can be flexibly used in different environments, by expanding into emerging markets, and by continuing to innovate and develop new products every year. And there's a human component, too. Here's Ram. You know, when I go into a place, there's an immediate sense of relief. Oh, here's the cavalry. They're going to take care of us. And my relationship with these people who I may be meeting for the first time will continue beyond both of our careers. That's the way it works in this business. Here's Bob. It's really a critical focus is the idea that people could have a system for a long time and then, you know, we maintain a relationship with them so they know that when it's time for them to change out a piece of it, like let's say the wireless part because the FCC has changed the frequencies on them and now they need to put in a new wireless intercom, they would come to us first because they have a relationship with us and they would at least look to see what solution we have in that space. And then when they come to us and discover, oh yes, not only do I have a solution, but it has these additional new features. Oh, and by the way, it can attach to your existing wired solution, so you don't need to replace that whole part. Then they're delighted and that works for everybody. And there's one more thing. Here's Ann Williams, ClearCom's Director of Sales for Asia Pacific. The fact that we are privately owned, I think, gives us the luxury of making some decisions that will have benefits long term versus being answerable on a quarterly or yearly basis to investors or even shareholders who need you know, constant results. So what's ClearCom thinking about for the next 50 years? Here's Simon Brown. It's difficult, obviously, to look ahead of 50 years, but I can, I can certainly look ahead um, within the next decade, and I think we are already finding ourselves having internet-capable intercom. The, the fact that it's got a, a, a LAN port connected to the internet is a possibility for us in terms of being able to do exciting things, like we could convert quickly between voice and text, and text to voice. Also, you could speak in French, and I could hear you in English and I could reply in English and you'd hear me in French. Those kind of things are possible. We are all getting used to being able to speak into an intelligent box and say, you know, open the window blinds and that'll happen. Now, there's no reason why we couldn't do that with an intercom, have more command control in different languages and so forth. What's Bob Boster thinking about? optimizing for human speech and low latency and not a high bandwidth utilization and managing the network connection so we don't use up space when we don't need it and all of those other different kinds of things that we do. I think there's a lot there. You know, in a world that with increasing uncertainty, political uncertainty, climate change uncertainty, varying kinds of security-related uncertainties, I think there's a lot of opportunities for things that will allow people to talk to each other to address certain kinds of ad hoc communication requirements. Okay, but not everything's changing. 
I think there's a design consideration and having some connectivity and some continuity with what you've done in the past. In 1968, we had a, a belt pack or remote station, as it was called in those days. And today, that kind of workflow is still evident in our latest version of the wireless system called FreeSpeak 2. I think that connectivity and consistency is important. Our customers' workflow, its demands are reliability, the ability to always be able to get hold of your, the co-workers in your project and have a sort of non-blocking operation and a duplex operation so you can talk and listen at the same time. Those factors are consistent throughout all our designs and so they dominate the way we think in terms of the technology. Ultimately, the next 50 years are about taking this special workflow knowledge, knowledge that's been gained over the last 50 years, and then overlaying it onto the new technology platforms that arise. But beyond the workflows, what else can customers count on? Here's Ann Williams. You know, some things just aren't gonna change, which is the focus we have on building solid, reliable products. I've worked for some companies where I think of it as sort of the bleeding edge, and as a salesperson, it was extremely painful because you'd sell something and you think, uh-oh, what have I just done? What kind of support headaches are we opening up? What kind of customer relationship headaches are we generating? And here at ClearCom, that just is not what we do. Products are solid when we ship them. Customers absolutely rely on them. And as salespeople, we're very confident selling. So that I don't think will change even though the technology itself is evolving. I think it's just part of the value system here that we just build rock solid, reliable products. Thanks for listening to ComsCast, Life in Full Duplex. This has been the final episode in a two-part series celebrating ClearCom's 50th anniversary. Over these two episodes, we've explored how the company got started and expanded into new markets, learned a little bit more about the product and business model, and gotten a taste of what's to come in the next 50 years. This episode was produced by myself, Emily Shaw, with music by Lily Sloan, Kai Engel, Apache Tomcat, and Blue Dot Sessions. You can find out more in the show notes and at clearcom50.com. Also, be sure to check back at clearcom.com for future podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>